Hey, 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 it's B Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. So today we have a special guest who is one of our listeners of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. So, Scarlett, I'd like to welcome to you to the show today. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of stumbled across the podcast and thought, hey, let's um, have a listen. Yes, yeah, it was just because of where I am in my life, um, you know, just kind of pushing forward to grow and um, yeah, just continue to feel empowered and always inspired. Mm -hmm. So when you started, so did you feel that you had a calling to do hair or did you want to do something else? Um, so I've always liked doing hair. Okay. I've always my friends here, you know, for prom mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't until my senior year of high school we had um, to write an essay or something that something mm -hmm. we could do. So I interviewed a hairstylist. Yes. But okay. I still really knew that that's what I wanted to be. And then I applied for colleges, you know, got in like I was a good student. Um, mm -hmm. But I still didn't really know what to do. So that was kind of like why I yeah. started hair. Oh, really? Just thought, I'll take a step forward, see how it is. I already kind of like hair, so let's see if it works out. So how did you find, so once you finally uh, selected a school, how did you find the education that you received? Like, what was school like for you? Was it easy? Was it tough? Did you love, hate your mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I had a practice, you know, like when we had yeah. a use that um, Marcel curly and iron like yeah. I've been same day and like practice like all night long so I could get it yes um, haircuts I told my teachers like please just tell me every little detail that I'm doing wrong because I wanted mm -hmm. to get that haircuts probably scared me the most at mm -hmm. first yes and um but I think I've always had kind of a knack for like styling mm -hmm. uh, so I've, I enjoyed it um you know, and I, I did take it seriously. I wanted to learn as mm -hmm. much as possible. So did you find that when you went to school, was there a lot of other students that were really into hair or it's just kind of people were just kind of there, you know? It's like a mix. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I found the same thing when I was in, in school. A lot of people were taking it because, you know, there it was it was to have something, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I – because my path wasn't, even though I've been like a hairstylist now for today as actually um, my anniversary of when I did my exam, you know, oh. Valentine's Day. But so if you're listening to this, probably it won't be Valentine's Day when you hear it. But on Valentine's is the day that I wrote my exam, got my licensing, did all, did all that. So it's my anniversary today for many, many years of doing doing hair, which I thought I would never be a hairstylist but it's interesting how your calling comes that you think oh I want to do something else but then you just fall into it um, and then for me I thought I went to school I thought okay I went to school maybe I'll do it a year and then they did a year and they said okay I'll do five years and then you know it just went on from there became a competition stylist then became a platform artist then became an educator so I educate all across Canada the US I do film television video work so there's lots of areas that you can do so with styling so is more updos and that sort of thing more your favorite type of thing to do um it always has been, mm -hmm. but recently I've just done 
so many fun colors. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love cutting. So anything really to do with hair. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Because I'm I'm a cosmetologist, so I like, you know, I'll do nails at the salon or waxing, but like my... Like your main your main strength is more hair, but you'll do the other if you if it's asked of you. But yeah, more hair. So with with the colors, do you do more like direct dye stuff? Do you do more like like fun fantasy colors? Do you do more of that type of thing? Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay, so do you have favorite tones that you like to work with, or you kind of mix it up? I think mix it because everybody that comes in. Got a little bit of a different. Oh, okay, because some some people just like they like certain tones, and then they kind of do everybody in that similar color family. Like they if they like pink, purple, blues. If they like you know oranges and yellows, or like you know those sort of things. Some people have that, so they kind of just you know put that out there and create. But I guess as an artist, do you find as an artist it's tough when people say do anything you want? <laughs> I just had that happen, mm-hmm. I think, two weeks ago. Okay. Like, but anything, just you could even give me a pixie, and I was like, uh, "Let's start with the shoulders." <laughs> yeah. So, so would you, as an artist, kind of freak out? So, if they say you like, okay, we'll go for the pixie. Are you afraid that if you do the pixie, the client, even though they said th- they don't mind, do you think they would still freak out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and and she loved the cut that I did. So. Yes turned out um and we didn't have to do the pixie <laughs> no no which is good and that's kind of what i do too i always leave it a little bit longer than what they want and they're like oh it's so shy it's like it's already longer than what you asked for if i had taken it you know but i think it's anything new it's it's the client has to get um adjusted to it right so it, it's it's and i think that's something that all steel um hairstylists deal with when you get behind that person and i think it's one of these business because you have to be so creative and if somebody wants something new it's being able to to do it and not just kind of trim the ends or or sometimes i guess shake it uh shake it shake it up a little bit sort of thing too so how was it now um so so now we're going to jump ahead a little bit so now you've finished school and you're going out to find a, a, a salon how was that for you well I think just two weeks after I got out of hair school, mm-hmm. I got the job that I did. I had actually applied for that salon a couple of times and I had okay. applied and someone recommended that one to me that I'd been in the business a lot longer because okay. of the training um, place. So I did my apprenticeship at the salon that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for almost 43 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it's like lots of people have been going there for, you know, mm-hmm. if they haven't passed away yet, they've been going there for that long. Okay. So do they have a large staff or is it more like an intimate staff, like a few chairs or do they have quite a few? They have quite a few. Mm-hmm. So, oh. and, and is everybody there more full-time or you have a lot more part-time stylists or you, do you have some stylists that have been there like almost since it opened? <laughs> maybe about. 20 years or so okay on the the longer ones um mm-hmm. most of them i think are part-time but okay they're, like i'm full-time because it's mm-hmm. been kind of my main um yeah so do you find as a hairstylist that it was easier for you to build a clientele being an apprentice there first 
and then growing growing your your clientele i think so yeah. yeah, so it's just much much better than kind of just walking in. Um, then it allowed you. So, how did your salon transition you from being an apprentice to when you finished your apprenticeship and now you're a hairstylist? So, did they do like a an announcement, or did they kind of like like especially too if you're if you're just um, apprenticing as opposed to being a stylist, usually there's a price uh, difference. So how did your salon handle that? And how did you handle it with your clients that now your prices were going to be different? Okay. So um, when I started, basically I was being mentored by mm -hmm. the owner's wife. They both work at the salon. Okay. Yep. So both and owners are hairstylists? Yes. Or one, oh, both are hairstylists. Yeah. And they both have, like, um, Jack, his dad used to own a salon as well. And okay. And then they met oh, so they, his salon. So it's all been in the family. Yes, that's right. And I guess growing up in the business as well and keeping it, you know, so it's more well-rounded and they're going to be well-trained. So it's not somebody who doesn't really have a clue that's just opening up a salon with no hair background. They just think it'll be nice to have my hair done. So I'll open up my own salon because there are some owners that do have no background in hairstyling, but yet open, open a, a salon business. But I think where you are, it's much better having owners that have been in the business a very long time, brought up in the business. And I think that makes a, a bigger difference as well, and especially to staying there from apprenticeship to growing into a full, you know, a full time licensed, you know, hairstylist as well. So with your apprenticeship where you are, what's your pr apprenticeship process like time wise? Do you have a certain amount of hours you have to do um, right. once you leave school? Right. I think it was nine months. Um, but actually this year they just took that away here. Oh, okay. So then what would that mean then? So if you're finished school, then what do you have to do then in, instead? I think you're just pretty much out on your own, which I feel like that's kind of risky for mm -hmm. oncoming. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, the, uh, and two, when, if you just get out of school, you need that and you're open. So you're just finished school and now you're opening up your own salon and you're doing people, you're doing chemical services without any guidance, without any, you know, that sort of thing. Cause for me, I trained, I did training with the world champion. So there, and if you have a tough mentor, I know it's hard, but I think it's so much better if you can apprentice or find someone that you're willing to train, willing to learn, willing to put in the work. Like you said, when you learn the Marcel iron, you know, you may not have been proficient at first, but you took it home and you practiced, practiced, practiced until you got it right? And all these things that you were scared of, now you love because you're like, well, first cutting, you got thousands, hundreds of thousands of hairs on the head. Where do you start? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and, and say it's developing a system. So once you have your system, it's much easier. And then you, you get to know your clients. And I imagine now, because you've been doing hair eight years, correct? Yeah, going on eight. So. Yeah, so going, yeah, so going on eight, you would have now a lot of similar repeat return customers that you already know, right? They just come in, they sit down, you know, you already know what to do and, <laughs> you know, you know, for them. So what, what do your clients request most of you? I guess because I have a different variety mm -hmm. of clients, you know, you have the ones that like to stay about. Mm -hmm. Similar, you know, same a little bit on the older crowd, but okay. some will let, like sometimes I'll 
even if they've done something the same for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, you know, I'll say, oh, let's, we have a new color. It's a mocha violet. And mm -hmm. I think good with your blonde. And so we added like a few low lights. Mm -hmm. So kind of like spark it a little bit more. Yeah. And, th and that's a nice way too, because they're getting something different. You kind of get inspired and, and too, it helps with the revenue as well because they're getting something. So it's a win, win, win for everybody. It's a win for you, win for the client, win for the salon. So I, I think a lot of uh, hairstylists kind of get into a rut where, like you say, a lot of your clients, they like the same thing over and over and over. No, I only want this much. I come on a regular basis. That's it. But how do we as hairstylists kind of, you know, spice things up a little bit. You know, I think one way is even if they get the same haircut, same color, same everything, maybe even offer to style it a little bit differently. So they don't like it. You can always wash it. You know what I mean? It's not like going from blonde to violet mocha. And then all of a sudden now you're like, I want to be blonde again. You got to go through the process. But maybe if their hair is under, you want to flip it up a little bit or do something like that or change their parting or, or kind of switch it around a little bit so they can feel like they have something new. And then, you know, and you also get those clients too. I find that they have the really curly hair, but you have curly hair as well, but you know, with curly hair, you're like, <laughs> it's, I want to keep my length, but I want to change. Well, with curl, you know, your where your limits are. Like, you know, I mean, they're not going to wake up and it's just going to be smooth and <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So what is the best thing you find about hairdressing? I guess getting to know different people, learning from them, <laughs> and then just being able to make them, you know, feel good about their hair. And um, yeah, it's fun. I think it's fun. <laughs> kind of style. Oh, or, awesome. or even teaching them about how they can, um, like, um, I think four years ago, we took the Diva Curl class. Okay. They're really good about bringing in a lot of education to the salon as well. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy that. Yes. Um, and that was a whole different journey too, because mm -hmm. I have curly hair. Yes. Most part, I'm mm -hmm. um, so it's been fun being able to teach about curly hair mm -hmm. to other people or even realizing that they do have curl, so mm -hmm. like that. Well, and it's totally different. I know with curly hair, it's very difficult to cut. So I do a lot of clients like my hair, like you can't see it. Like, if you're listening the audio version, obviously you're not going to see Scarlett and I, but um, if you go to YouTube and, and kind of catch it there, you'll see the video version, but I actually have hair like you, but you can't tell because I always keep it flat and straight and hardly everybody, anybody will ever, ever see it. I used to have hair down past my waist and like wow. yours. So imagine like that and going to, I went on vacation to Cuba where it's very humid and you know what humidity does. <laughs> So I had some big hair. So I straightened the first day, straightened the second day. And after that, I'm like, I'm on vacation. I don't care who knows me here. Funny enough, people did. <laughs> so when, when you're kind of out there, you kind of get to know everybody and stuff like that. So what's one thing in the industry today you think that's a challenge for most hairstylists? Or even new hairstylists coming into the, the industry? So what do you think a big challenge would be for them? I guess clear communication, um, really knowing what the client wants. Mm -hmm. and, but knowing that I think sometimes like 
it might not even have to do with hair, but it might be what's going on inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a bit kind that you care. Um, and then, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a, the big thing. I mean, listening is, a, I think, an important skill that a lot of hairstylists miss. It's not, not also executing what they want and having the knowledge and the ability to do that. But I think it's in order, you have to listen first and connect with that person. And don't be afraid to ask and say, to clarify, I'd rather ask five times before I do it. So I know they're getting exactly what they want or that they requested, as opposed to me saying, yeah, I already know what they want. Boom, boom, do it. And it's like nothing like, (laughs) because the image, obviously, we know that in the head, in the in your mind, for, for most people, they imagine how they look differently than what sometimes reality is. They'll bring in a magazine, say, I want to look like this, because, of course, the lighting is done, the color is done, the makeup is done, everything is done to coordinate. Even though the hair is bright orange, it's still going to look nice. But then if they have bright orange on their pale, pale skin, it's going to look totally, totally different. So it's up to you as, a, I think, a stylist, as a professional a PhD, professional hairdresser, that you should, you know, be able to go in and say, what do you like from this picture? And then take the points from there and say, with your bone structure, this is what this would do. Or because this is a way you may need it coming more in to soften down a jawline. Or if you have a high forehead, low forehead, um, those sort of things that we as professionals, you have to be not afraid to kind of speak up. They're coming to you, the professional, you know what I mean? Like, um, somebody bringing their car in, if you know nothing about cars, you're not going to tell them how to fix your car if you have no background. It's the same. If you're the hairstylist, you're the professional. And we all learn and grow and don't be afraid to make mistakes. We just kind of have to get out there, put yourself in, and then find some common. But listening, yes, is the biggest, I think, skill. You're exactly right that we need as hairstylists that a lot of people miss and making that heart connection. Because I think people come for more the experience. I think you could be technically a brilliant colorist, a brilliant stylist, that sort of thing. But if there's no connection and there's no listening, I, I think, you know, so what are your best, what's your best advice, um, Scarlett, for building a clientele? So now you've had a clientele for almost eight years. What was your, what was your journey in, in building it? How did you find that you, what, what are some of the things that you did to have your clients stay with you? I guess the listening part and connecting, um, my, uh, the owner's wife, she was kind of my mentor. Mm-hmm. So she gave me a lot of tips, you know, whether it was to pull up a stool and sit down and face them directly and, mm-hmm. um, you know, talk to them. Um, I like to give a good like head massage, like in the shampoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, the going like a little, you know, the little extra miles to make them feel, um, you know, important when they come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are those are, are good points too because say it's exactly true. How do most of us stylists talk to our clients? We talk not directly to them. We talk to them through the mirror. So we're actually as hairstylists talking to the mirror. We're not talking to them face to face at their level. And I think. A, it doesn't take any more effort to walk around, like you said, sit in front of them so you're, you're eye to eye rather than you behind them standing up talking to the mirror and they have to look at the mirror and not, 
they, they look at the reflection of you, not you personally. And same, and doing clients love, for the most part, unless they're sensitive, claustrophobic, whatever. But they do like the little extra, the, the head massage. And for me, that's why I advanced in school. I learned how to do a really good head massage, and then I had client, and then I had the clients that came to the school request me. So if you got requested in my school, then they had you go out, and they're like, "Oh, can you do this? Can you do setting? Can you do cutting? Can you do this?" And my school the same. We did we did nails, we did waxing, we did all that stuff as well. So I was trained in that as well as as hair. But it's those those qualities and those little things. I say it's eye contact listening and to say going that extra mile uh, like you said that we all need because I don't think we can ever come to a point where we think we're so busy we can't take any more people like you know just overnight you could have a full clientele and all of a sudden things change so you want to make sure that you're always aware you're always attentive uh, with your your clients as well I'm not sure if you want to or not so anybody listening if your owners are okay with it if not we'll edit it out but do you want to give a shout out to the salon that you're at uh, JR Spawn Salon okay and where are they located uh, Louisville Kentucky okay so do they have a do they have a website that people can check them out yes Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have it or we'll list it after the show? We'll list it after the show. It's okay. <laughs> You're like, I work there. I don't need to see the website. <laughs> yeah. So one other thing that, you, that you're doing, which I'm involved in as well. So um, we're, we're doing the uh, Flip Your Wig Summit at Sea. So we're doing the cru- cruise on the um, Symphony of the Seas with Royal Caribbean, October 12th to 19th. So if you haven't uh, reserved your cabin, uh, I suggest do it, you know, right away. So um, Scarlett, you're, you're going to be joining us. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, so what made you think, hey, I need to come on this cruise? <laughs> it sounds like fun. I always love getting educated. So even mm-hmm. if it's one second of extra education that I haven't heard of it, like I, anything that I can take in to. Yeah. And I think that that's mainly, yeah, what it is as well. Like I'd say it's coming, getting that extra education, networking, meeting people you wouldn't normally meet from around the world, making those relationships, those connections, um, different things that, that we can do. Um, we'll, we'll just go into a little bit, but yeah, so it's um, eight days, seven nights. Uh, so basically we have, uh, two days of education. And then, so basically the way it goes, it's education plus vacation. So um, if you're bringing someone with you, the days that we sail are the days we educate. The days that we're on land, you're free to do whatever <laughs> whatever you like. Um, I thought the perfect way is because with this, we have the Broadway cast of Hairspray, you know, which I thought how exciting for hairstylists to see hairspray. So this is a Broadway cast would normally cost you, I think, 125, 250 just for a ticket alone. You guys get it for free, right? Plus there's High Roll, the high high diving show, 1977, which is a, a nice show. They have um, like there's Flight, which is the history of of obviously like um flight like going to the moon the orville brothers with the first airplane like but these are like with this show you actually see a full-size airplane (laughs) flying above you (laughs) yeah they they have they have seven different communities you have a full-size uh carousel 
So if you guys know what a carousel is, it's with the horses. You up and down, that they have a full-size one of those. You can rock climb for free. You can zip line for free. You can go on the, the easy flow uh, rider, flow rider. So then that way, if you like to surf, things like that, that's all free. Or if you like the more kind of easier, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you can go to the solarium. You can go to the pool. You can relax. There's a spa, Vitality Cafe, and, and stuff like that. So... Um, anybody who hasn't gone, yeah, so just uh, Facebook um, forward slash somebody at sea, kind of check it out. Um, you can see myself. You can say hi to Scarlett if you've listened to the po- listened to the podcast. Come join us and the many others that are going to be there as well. It's a great experience happening October 12th to 19th. Um, so that's that's my little shameless plug <laughs> because we really want to we really want to empower hairstylists we really want and that's and I want to say thank you for the listeners that are happening now with with this podcast since it's been running and you guys have been listening um we're at almost i think 12,000 12,000 uh, listens that we have. So it's like amazing, you know, and coming up with more programming, more stuff. Uh, if you guys want to say be on the show, just uh, message me, DM me, and uh, we'll now get back to our podcast. <laughs> so I don't want to take too much of your, too much of your time. I just want to say thank you. We're going to wrap up shortly, but um, as a, as a hairstylist, um, being in the industry, what's something you think you would like to change if you could in the industry? Oh, sounds like a tough question. <laughs> yeah, you can think about it or, or come back to it after. But, you know, you're always like, what's something you think that would make it easier for hairstylists in the industry? You must have the perfect salon. <laughs> Everything flows. It's good. I have a great clientele. I'm happy there. <laughs> I am happy there. I feel like just because they've been running like this big ship, it's a spa and salon. Oh, okay. So you do everything there and all in, all in like one place that your clients can come? I don't, I don't do that. I don't do massages. But no. Um, you have the massage therapist there and... Um, so it's a full service salon in. So do you find as a, do you find as a hairstylist, most of your clients will usually cross over. So a lot of your clients will partake in a lot of the spa services that your salon offers. Yes. So do you, so do you think it's much better that, um, so if you're going to do, if you're going to open a salon, do you think that adding spa services would definitely benefit um, you know, I mean, like as far as revenues and different things like that. Yeah. And I think, um, just for the experience factor for the people that do want to have that kind of experience and, you know, sometimes like I'll do someone's hair and then they'll go over to nails someone else regularly does their nails and then I regularly do their hair or, or they'll see a massage therapist, you know, every week. And then this person will come and get you know, their nails done by me. So, you know, it just, um, and I think the way the environment is set up, it's kind of homey feeling, kind of family-like. Um, so I think it's nice. It's not for everybody, I don't think, but mm-hmm. the people that do stay, you can tell that they they stay a long time or, you know, and not everyone, you know, in those 
almost eight years that I've been there has stayed as a stylist. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the people that do find it to feel like home ha have. Yeah, and it's nicer too. So do you do like the full range of ages or do you have a specific um, clientele? I think it's full range from babies. Yeah. To like right up. So do you do quite a few families in your salon as well? <laughs> huh? Do you do quite a few families in your salon as well? Like the mom, the dad, the kids, the like everybody or, will come? Yeah, sometimes we have um, like another stylist do the mom and then I'll do the daughter or oh, okay. another do their sister. And it's just kind of mm -hmm. funny that way too. Yeah, and it's nice to build up. It's nice to build up as well. And too, that they want to bring somebody with them to the, you know, I mean, to the space, to the environment. Um, you know, and, and really is so much more about the experience. And, and I think that's a good thing for the salon as well, that if somebody is, you know, wanting to bring someone, they're saying this place is amazing enough that I want to bring somebody with me that we can go here and have a great experience. And I think that's the general theme is that it's the experience that the client's receiving, I think has more value than than any of the other stuff so i think that's what hairstylists should concentrate on more what kind of experience is the client having and what kind of experience am i giving to the 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 client especially a new client because they're very observant which what what happens are you over chatting with another coworker? are you goofing off are you having your lunch at the you know the reception desk are you <laughs> just hanging out while they're there so it, it makes a big difference of how you know, a, a client sees you, um, it's very important to be professional at all times. Even even for clients you've done for years, still, I would treat them like every time is their first time that they've been and not, oh, well, you're back. Let's just, oh, I've already got your color mixed. And then they, they, they want to change. So they'll say, okay, but eventually I think you'll see people disappearing. But in order to keep all that clientele, Keep it fresh. Keep it, let's say, like add add a couple little low lights. Add, you know, give them that extra little massage. Take the time, right? Um, do those little things. If you offer, I'm not sure. Do you offer refreshments in your salon as well? Yes, uh, we do coffee, sodas, water. We have snacks for them. Yeah, so that's nice too because it's great if somebody's racing from work and to have a little snack, even a cookie and a tea or some some coffee if they're getting tired and they need that little caffeine kick. Yeah. You know, it, it's nice to offer those little things. Yes, it costs a little bit of money to put out, but I think in the long run, it's going to incre increase your revenue, you know, insurmountably because you're you're now, as it's a caring about them, you're having a heart connection with them. You're about the client and not about you know, not about yourself. And I think that's mainly what it is. And, and kind of what Scarlett is saying here is that, you know, it's important to listen. It's important to go the extra mile. It's important to have a heart connection and, and that sort of thing. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just looking at the time. We've already gone like almost 45 minutes. It's been almost an hour. Look how fun. <laughs> but, but see, just when we talk and it, and it's like doing the podcast. I love it because we're just hairstylists talking to hairstylists. We're empowering each other. We're, we're hopefully through listening that we can find, you know, something in somebody else's is uh, podcast. Maybe somebody will listen to uh, 
somebody that is listening to Scarlett's podcast, you know, will, um, will say, hey, I can relate to that. Hey, I've been at a salon. Hey, I have these challenges. Hey, I really learned something. I'm going to really try that, um, you know, as I say, or d- be accountable and say, hey, today I'm going to try. Today, everybody gets a head massage. Today, I'm really going to listen to every client that I serve. Hey, today, I'm going to offer a highlight, low light, something different to kind of switch it up. A blow dry that's a little bit different. Like you said, doing a, doing a, a foil in, in a new color that's just come out, um, you know, or just a fun color that fades or I don't know. There's lots of lots of things you do. Maybe offer them a refreshment if your salon doesn't carry refreshments. Offer to go out or get the assistant if they can go out and grab the client something, a soda, a, a coffee, a tea, you know, or something, you know, because obviously I think in the end you'll find a better, you know, the a better tip, <laughs> and you'll feel better too, right? So, <laughs> so if people wanted to look you up online, do you have a, a social media? I do. It's called the Scarlet Touch. Okay. Facebook and the Scarlet the Scarlet Touch ninety one on Instagram. Okay, so, perfect. Oh, go good. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no. So, what's the one I served at Scarlet ninety one on Instagram, and the what was after that? Uh, the Scarlet Touch on Facebook. Okay. So perfect. So if you can check Scarlet out, those make sure to like, share, you know what I mean? Um, we all help each other out. And then you can kind of see what you obviously have your work on there. So people can kind of see your stuff. If you want to connect with her, you can send a message, you know, um, I think, yeah, so it's, so it's good. So we're going to wrap up here because um, usually I like to keep all the podcasts under an hour just because I know we're all busy. So it's kind of good that you can listen on your lunchtime or in the car, which I find a lot of people do. It's on over 11, I think 11 different platforms. Uh, we're also on Siri. So if you have Siri and we're also uh, shortly we'll be on Google Home. So all you say is, hey, you know, play, hey, Google, play this, or hey, Siri, play Hairstyles Empowerment Podcast. Siri knows it. <laughs> Siri will play it. Also, it's on Spotify, iTunes, you know, Stitcher. Um, there's there's so many uh, ranges, but the main one is Anchor FM, anchor.fm, uh, that you can join, a, join us here. So as we wrap up, um, Scarlett, I'm going to ask you one final <laughs> in wrapping. So because it is the Empowerment Podcast, Hairstyles Empowerment Podcast, what are your words of empowerment for our listeners? Um, I guess keep educating yourself and um, uh, love yourself and I guess love others <laughs> is kind of, I guess, what I think of to empower yeah, that's amazing. So I want to say thank you for listening. I want to say thank you, Scarlett, for, for joining us today. Be sure to check her out. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the Flip Your Wig uh, Summit at Sea. This is B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist on another Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. And we'll see you next time.